Purpose peeps, we are back with a bonus episode for our wisdom series. If you're all caught up on lessons one through three, then you know I wasn't set to talk to y'all again until closing out the series next week uh, with the Armor of God Bible study. But y'all know I'm all about a bonus episode and God woke me up yesterday around 1.30 a.m. to let me know that the last episode was incomplete. I shared what God has done for me in the past, but only briefly touched on what he's currently doing in me and this process of transformation has centered around money um that's why the episode is called truth versus lie part two my money story I know I have to share my testimony because it's not just for me and by shining light on what has seemingly been a very dark part of my life at least up until recently, I know that I can be set free and I'm hoping that I can set you free. Um, I just was thinking about this even as I'm talking. Money, especially in like the black community, is just something we don't talk about a lot. I don't know, you know, I think growing up we were always told that it was tacky. Um, But I'm finding that the more I tell people my struggles with money and just my thought process with money and you know, my, even my wins with money, people are being able to just connect in that way and say, okay, so it's not just me. And I want to give a heads up that the testimony is pretty long. Um, I even wrote everything out just to make sure I didn't forget anything. But I'm asking that you'll bear with me. And I, I promise you that I'm sharing everything for a reason. So, Hopefully you'll be into listening. Uh, Without further ado, let's get it in. Um, And our story picks up in the summer of 2014. I had moved to New Orleans the year before and through membership of this young professionals group, I decided to enroll in an eight week course called Financial Peace University. Uh, for those who are familiar or unfamiliar with Financial Peace University, it's a course offered both online and in person through Dave Ramsey, who's considered a money guru. Um, he has these seven baby steps that he recommends to everybody who comes through the course and they've helped countless individuals and families save money pay off debt and establish a legacy and while at the time I was single and making very little I knew I could benefit from learning more about money I remember when they queued up the video I was pleasantly surprised by when I found out that uh, Dave's course was faith-based because I hadn't uh, I hadn't heard of Financial Peace University and I'd never heard of him and the facilitator was like hey I just want to let y'all know this is like a a faith-based I don't remember if he said this is a Christian thing or he was like I'm not saying that you know that's our beliefs as an organization but you know you can still apply the principles and in my mind I was like you don't have to make a caveat because you just made this even more of a win for me knowing that he's coming from a biblical perspective on money Uh, so anyway I like I said at that particular time I did not have any money or not the way I viewed having money. I was fresh off my year of service for an AmeriCorps program where before taxes, I made about $900 monthly and all of that went to bills that I had to pay. So outside of creating a budget and applying the emergency savings step that he talks about in Financial Peace University and then listing out the debt that I had, for the debt snowball exercise, much of the course seemed to be lost on me. I remember a big takeaway being, 
if nothing else, buy a used car and buy it in cash so that you can remain debt free. Again, this seemed like unnecessary knowledge since I was driving the car I'd driven since I was a teen and I had no way of knowing that God was preparing me for something that was coming. So fast forward to 2015 and I landed a full-time job making not 900 per month, but $900 every two weeks. You'd think I would have had the wisdom to go back and review the items and the lessons from the money management course now that I had money to manage, but that was silly. Instead, I took this as an opportunity to travel, visit friends, and because I'd really gotten engaged, uh, recently gotten engaged, I started purchasing items for our wedding. I was living my best life, or so I believed. Shout out to my husband because he hates the best life saying. <laughs> and I did manage to put extra money towards my student loans every month, but it was sporadically. Like I didn't have it on auto draft. Sometimes I'd be like, hey, I got a little extra. Let me just put 250 towards my debt for this month. So um, fast forward again to the summer of 2016 and my husband and I had been married for about three or four months and were hopeful for what the future was going to bring. We saved up about $2,000 from our wedding gifts money. So shout out to everyone who gave so generously. (laughs) Um, And we also in that same vein had about $30,000 in student loan debt between the two of us, but didn't everybody Uh, thankfully both of our cars were paid off at least that summer Jordan was working an AmeriCorps job like I had two years prior and that allowed him to put about half of what he owed towards his student loan debt because a lot of AmeriCorps positions will give you a stipend for your year of service and then in the fall of that year uh, something happened that would change our lives drastically I got in a car accident and my car was totaled right around two months before we found out we were having a baby. I got a pretty substantial amount for the car, uh, enough to pay for a car, to buy a car in cash, which I'd been taught to do back in 2014, but the car was far from my mind and as we, or that particular course was far from my mind and as we contemplated which route to take, um we had a lot of options that we were facing. There was a neighbor who went to the auction to get her cars. We actually had a family member who could get us a deal uh, at a dealership. And ultimately we ended up at a dealership of our own finding, despite saying we're just looking at cars today within just a few hours, we'd made our first married couple purchase uh, to the tune of a pretty significant amount of debt. Um, with our large sum of money from the car I totaled, we end up putting getting an extremely low car note, which I think helped us try and rationalize it. Like most people's car notes are upwards of 600, like ours was far less than that. But y'all, God is not playing in his word when he says, even zeal is not good without knowledge and the one who acts hastily sins. That comes out of Proverbs 19 too. And I remember that night asking G if he thought that we made the right decision. He said that he did. We'd asked my dad for advice, but as I look back, I realized we never asked what God thought about it. I often wonder how our life would look if we'd simply taken 24 hours to pray about it, which is how we make big financial choices today. Instead, we leaned on our own understanding, which Proverbs 3, 5 shows is not the way. I really felt like I was in the garden with Eve. (laughs) Like, 
just like her, I'd taken matters into my own hands and guilt, shame, and, and uncertainty followed immediately. But I tried to sweep the feelings, my feelings under the rug because if you let others tell it, debt is just a lifelong reality. In the midst of all of this, one thing I can say is that we were uh, faithful with our tithing and we were saving consistently. We had a good chunk of money saved up before the year uh, was out. And so as far as I saw it, we had everything we need. In the summer of 2017, just after getting or just after having our son Jaden, something in me started shifting. And the day the debt that I'd had for so long, which was back up to past 30,000 now, started to take a toll on me. I remember one week at a Pinky Promise conference, God told me we would be debt-free. And he even gave me a strategy in the way that I understood it. If we did what we were supposed to do, this promise would come to pass in the summer of 2018. But just like the previous year, that fall, something happened that I wasn't expecting. Uh, Jordan's maternity leave had run out and he was interviewing for new jobs, but he couldn't get anything. We spent a quarter of our savings or three, no, three, yeah, three fourths of our savings on rent for that summer, giving G the flexibility to look for work casually. We'd paid three months in advance. So, you know, June, July, August, we were rent free, or at least it felt like rent free. I thought that by the time that all of that ran out, Jordan would be working or I would be working in full-time ministry with Black Girls of Purpose, <laughs> but full-time ended up just being networking events where people talked about how much they thought the Black Girls of Purpose programs and curriculum was necessary, but they weren't in a position to sign contracts for programming. Eventually, the desire to be paid overshadowed the fact that this was first and foremost a ministry. And in the summer, or just a few months later, we ended up going through even more troubles financially. It was September, actually, and our account was overdrafted, or we overdrew it. I had to start saying that because overdrafted sounds so passive. Oh, our account was overdrafted. We overdrew our account several times in just four weeks and it wasn't like we were at this point it's not like we were going on shopping sprees weren't doing anything frivolously the majority of the charges actually came from bills that were set to draft automatically and I wasn't really sure why this was happening to us I just knew something had to change and it needed to change quickly at first I thought okay God this is a test you're seeing if we're gonna you know stay committed with this whole entrepreneurship thing The first few times he did it on the last time, I was like, okay, Lord, wait, this is, this is a lot. So let me just ask you, as scripture says, if you seek God, you will find him if you search for him with all your heart. And as we've talked about so many times in James 1 and 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives it willingly and without reproach. So I asked God, I was like, Lord, I was sitting on the floor in my living room. I remember it very clearly. And I said, God, what? is happening like what are you doing what am I missing and he spoke the words of Hebrews 12 and 6 to me he said for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives it also says no discipline is pleasant at the time but it can produce a life of righteousness for those who choose to be trained by it and I remember thinking to myself oh this is training we are finally like having to reap what we've sown financially and 
again, like I said, we um, were tithing faithfully, but we weren't being good managers of our money. I talk about in this money management course that I did at the beginning of the year, how scripture says to know the condition of your flock. And, you know, you can apply that directly to money and saying, okay, do you know how much money you have? Do you know how much debt you owe? That sort of thing. And at that point, and people say this all the time, like money is only a problem if you don't have it. So I was just like, I mean, we got money. Like I knew our, I knew our debt. I didn't know our debt, but outside of that, it's like, okay, well, this is about how much we spend per month. Now y'all I can tell y'all down to the wire, how much every single utility that comes to our house is when is due all of that. But I hadn't had that same wisdom previously and it was tough. It was tough because I don't know what I was expecting. Like when I prayed and asked God, I thought he was gonna be like, oh yes, you know, just stay focused on me and you'll make it and all these sorts of things. But he was like, no sis, you put yourself in this situation. So that was hard for me. Um, But I still knew God was good. And contrary to what the devil would have me believe, um, God allowed that to happen because he needed to needed to develop our character and purge us of some things. And a scripture God brought to me earlier this year, it says it's in Psalm 35 and it says for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor a lifetime. Weeping may stay overnight, but there is joy in the morning. Now, there definitely has been a lot of weeping during this process uh, with our finances. I remember uh, last year after we got you know, all the overdrawn stuff figured out. We used up the last of our savings to get our accounts back in right standing and to pay the upcoming bills that we had. And it hurt y'all. It really hurt to see that money go so fast, but I had to get over it quickly. And I prayed, apologizing to God for my actions and saying, I didn't want to learn that lesson again, not realizing that the lesson was just beginning. Um, In January of this year, we did experience a great deal of relief. We got a big tax refund, which allowed us to pay off all our credit cards, the remaining balance on Jordan student loans, and build back up our savings. Uh, God also started bringing clients clients for a creative agency I'd started back in 2014 called Brands by Brie. And that was really encouraging to me because that was the initial vision he gave me about how we were going to be debt free. It was funny watching this side hustle that we had become our full-time income stream, but certain tests showed that we weren't ready for a substantial financial increase. Even with a budget in place, when unexpected income came, I was still far too frivolous and impulsive with my spending. Uh, I also didn't keep a solid record, didn't keep solid records for my business account which caused a lot of confusion when I looked up one day and didn't seem to have any money. And I realized over time, money represented security for me. With more of it, I could afford to take risks in my eyes. And with less of it, I played safe and was prone to anxiety. Uh, This spring, some friends and I fasted about various things. And during that fast, God reminded me of the promise he made about us being debt free. He gave me the story of the Israelites and the wall of Jericho um, as the focus for during my time of fasting. And he assured me that the walls of our debt would fall if I kept marching. So that ignited this new passion in me to be debt free. And 
you know, it was kind of like before I would get like really intense about it and be like, okay, yes, everything's going to go towards our debt. And then when you stop seeing things happening, you start saying, okay, Lord, is this you or is this me? One thing I can say is that before when I wanted to be debt free, I it was the reasons were more for me because I wanted to just travel and I was like, okay, the money I'm spending on student loan payments, I could be spending on plane tickets or something like that. But after having gone through several months of uncertainty, financial uncertainty, and just kind of having to rely on other people and asking for help when we needed it, I realized I wanted to be debt free because I wanted our finances to be available for our calling um if that makes sense there were a lot of opportunities that I had to pass on because our finances weren't in order and weren't just as freed up as they should be uh what's more because we'd been on the receiving end of so many people's generosity I was like man lord I want to be blessed it's kind of like what my mom always has told me and my sister since we were younger that we're blessed to be a blessing So I could see that, again, before the reason was kind of selfish for wanting to be debt free. But now there was a story behind it. God had given me a testimony. Uh, I remember the day that I thought my debt was going to be paid off. I was so excited. It was actually during the Pinky Promise Conference again. And there was a session on being out of debt. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. Like, we're going to get out of debt. It's, you know, someone in the audience, y'all, I was believing God for all kinds of things. I was like, someone in the audience is going to be like, God told me to write you a check for, you know, $25,000. And that did not happen, unfortunately. Um, it didn't help that the women I'd fasted with had also had also hadn't been experienced any breakthrough in their situations and then came the devil with his doubt his accusations and his disbelief did God really say you'd be debt free he did mess up pretty bad do you really think you're worth worthy of God's blessings maybe you heard God wrong maybe he changed his mind about you being debt free or maybe you don't hear from the Lord at all maybe you're crazy and these thoughts crushed me And now this miracle I had prayed for so fervently just became a point of shame for me. Um, But even as the enemy came in with his lies, the Lord fought for me. He assured me that I did not hear him wrong, but that he also wasn't confined to my timing. And I realized, too, I told this to some people who were praying with me and, and, and fasting with me that I really feel like God did not pay off our debt at that particular time, because he still needed me to grow in humility. And I say that too, because I was just at a place after our fast, it was really intense. Um, I I was just very, like, fired up spiritually, uh, or really during during our fast, I was fired up spiritually. And so I was just like, yes, you know, I'm doing this thing. I, I can expect a move of God. And um, not that I shouldn't have a zealous belief in God. But I realized over time that it was almost like I thought God owed me something that, okay, I'm fasting for you. So this is what you're going to do for me. And, you know, God doesn't serve us. We serve him. And he showed me that uh, gently. He wasn't abusive about it. He wasn't belligerent about it. He was just kind of like, okay, 
I appreciate you for fasting and praying, but if I have a specific date in mind, that date is still going to be when all this takes place. And no matter how long it seems, it'll be perfect timing. Now, um, with the only option I had being continuing to pray and and wait, um, I just started kind of refocusing. By this time, Jordan and I had been home with our son, Jaden, for over a year. And by God's grace, we'd still been sustained financially. Brands by Brie was doing well, and God used it to provide consistently for our family. Every time we would almost not run out of money, but every time we'd be kind of at the end of one client, another client would come and I was just like, yes, Lord, this is a beautiful thing. Now, you can imagine how by the, I mean, you might have noticed a pattern by now, summer, get some kind of revelation, fall, something unexpected happens and changes everything. And so this fall of this year, God threw me another curveball that I wasn't expecting. All of a sudden, we had I had finished up working with one of our last clients and God was just like, well, initially, I just stopped having the desire to work. I didn't want to work on Brands by Brie where I loved making websites and stuff before because Brands by Brie is a creative agency. So um, I do websites. My husband does logo design. And where I'd been so passionate about creating websites before all of a sudden it was draining to me and I just had this really big urge to just be at home with Jaden and so I shared that with G I was like hey you know I just want to be at home (laughs) I don't want to work and I said so I feel like you have to get a job because the websites were our biggest the biggest part of our income for brands by Brie and he wasn't really excited I mean I don't know anybody who'd be excited about someone walking in and be like hey I'm not gonna work anymore so we need you to I need you to do more financially um but he took a day I, I told him when he was out of town and then when he came home he took a day to think about it and he said okay I'll apply for some jobs. He literally said, do what you want, Brianna, which he said so many times to me. And so I was like, cool. All right, Lord, like I'm going to chill. I'm going to be home with Jay and he's going to go out and work and it's going to be a great thing. And I'd learned later that this was another opportunity for me to grow in humility Um, before because the websites were some of the biggest part of our income it almost made me cocky like I'd be like okay well I'm out here hustling and grinding and getting these website you know contracts and what are you doing and it's really ridiculous because clearly God brought those websites to me or those clients to me but that's not how I viewed it at the time. I was just like, I'm out here, I'm hustling. And you know, you just kind of take in stuff as it's coming to you. And just today, my my husband was telling me how I have hope and he has peace. Like just talking about how our characteristics are complementary spiritually. And he was saying, you know, with a lot of hope, sometimes you can become more prone to anxiety. He said, but 
with a lot of peace, you can sometimes lack hope. He's like, not because you don't expect good things to happen, but because you're just content with where you are. And so that's how it was in this situation that I was really hopeful about him getting a job. He wasn't getting one. So then I was prone to anxiety. But then because he was so peaceful, he was like, I mean, it's just gonna happen when it's gonna happen. And it just caused a lot of tension relationally. I remember one day after a week had passed from his last job interview that they told him when they told him he didn't get it. I asked him what his plan was. And he said, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I, you know, I'm just going to try and be more diligent about what I'm doing now. And I'll apply for jobs again around the 15th. But then the 15th came and went and bills for the next month were looming and I started getting anxious again. And y'all, I promise you, this was when the devil started bringing, you know, bad thoughts about my husband to me. Like, dang, you know, is he lazy? Like he don't work. He don't want to work. He's a man, isn't he? Like, couldn't he, can't he see y'all struggling? Don't, didn't he want to experience some relief? And the tension grew even heavier one week when I wanted money for a photo shoot that I wanted to schedule um, for our family. Which if you've seen the pictures where we're in the maroon and denim and stuff, there's a whole story behind that. Because I, I had been wanting those pictures for months and it just wasn't happening and I was just like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to trust and wait because this isn't a need. It's just something I want right now. So I'm going to chill. And then opportunities would come up where it seemed like I could get the money, but then nope, money's gone or got to get put to something else. So on one particular week, it finally seemed like I was going to have the money that we needed. And so I told G like, oh yeah, I'm about to get this plane ticket for, you know, our photographer. And he was like, no, that's not a priority. And y'all man, I got, it just, it just was so upsetting. And I remember feeling like I was pouting like a little kid because I just, and I just didn't say anything. And I thought to myself like, well, bro, if you had a job, because it wasn't a lot of money for the plane ticket. So I was like, if you just had a job, then this wouldn't be a problem, which was so naive. And it was really cocky and it was ridiculous because he was right. It wasn't a priority. Um, and, you know, that's the whole humility thing. God was like, you need to learn. And he's still teaching me that daily with G. Scripture talks about submitting to your husband. And so many women don't like that word because it's become this like dirty word. But if you understand that submitting to God, you're submitting to your husband as submitting unto God. So you as a believer, as a faith filled wife are believing My husband is submitting to God. So if I submit to him, I'm submitting to God also because I know that him and God are on one accord. And so that's what God was showing me. But I didn't see that at the time. I just felt like, well, this is what I want and you're not giving it to me. And on that particular day, y'all, my heart was so heavy that I had to go to worship night at church. I was like, I got to get out of here. I just got to go worship. Like, I just need to, which I go to church every week, but or I was going to church multiple times every week. So it went like, okay, I was so desperate that I went to the Lord. I would go to the Lord daily, but it was just so timely that that night was worship night. It wasn't a normal Wednesday night service. And so I went to church looking to experience some kind of relief. And um, the worship night was like one of the first I had been to because they don't do them that often at my old church, maybe a few times a year. 
And the whole layout is that they'll read a passage of scripture and then, you know, put some songs in, read some scripture, sing some songs. And then the passage of scripture for that night came from Psalm 27. And I remember my takeaway coming from verses 13 and 14. It says, still, I'm certain to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be strong and courageous. Wait patiently for the Lord. And that just wrecked me for some reason. <laughs> like it completely wrecked me. And I went to the front and I was just like, God, oh, you know, I mean, it was so dramatic. My body was heaving. There were like three or four ladies who came up to me and they were just like, are you okay, honey? You know? And they just prayed over me because I couldn't even talk because I was just crying so hard. And, um, my heart wasn't even just like, Lord, change my husband. It really was just like, okay, Lord, you're telling me to wait, but please help me to wait because this is really hard and I'm just tired of being in the situation. I'm tired of not knowing what's going on with our finances. I'm tired of being feeling like I'm desperate. I'm tired of constantly looking over my shoulder for when the next bill's going to come in. But again, God said, wait on me. And I also remember that night, he, I wouldn't say scared me, but he just got my attention because he said, Bree, let's say Jordan goes out and gets a job today. And now, and then the next day he dies. He was like, what happens? Do you lose everything? He's like, because the way you're treating it, he's your supplier, not me. And so if he's the supplier of all your needs, then if he passes away, you're stuck. But you know that's not the case. You know that I'm I'm the one who's been giving you everything you need. Even with Brands by Brie, when you were getting clients, I was the one who was giving them to you. And I was the one who was sending them in a fashion that was timely. And he was so right. And I just, I felt, I wasn't, sh- it wasn't like shame, but I was just like, God, you're so right. I'm, I, I, I just felt a very great sense of, remorse and I was sorry I was really sorry that I had not recognized that I had almost made Jordan an idol in my life that I was like okay well he got to be providing he got to be doing this because that's what society says too okay and then and I and Jordan and I actually had a talk that evening and I said I can't lie to you I said you know I I said, I just, I'm not used to being in relationship or, and you know, or, or just not being around. I, 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 I compared him to my dad. My dad is a, a hard worker, a hustler. I remember him having several jobs at one point. And so to go from him to my husband, who's just like, Hey, and he what let's, and I need to make this clear. And I realized I hadn't before he was doing work from home like he was working on graphic design he was um doing property management in terms of gardening he had like odd jobs these freelance things but they just weren't consistent income streams and I was just like we need some consistency so you got to get out here and like make it work and that evening we talked about it and he said Bree he said he asked me, he said, what is that scripture you're always talking about? Talking about not giving up. 
So I wasn't really in the mood. And I was like, Galatians 6, 9, you know, do not grow weary and well-doing for at the proper time you will give the, you will reap the harvest if you don't give up. And he was just like, yeah, that one. He said, I really feel like if God has called us to this ministry, has called us to entrepreneurship, then we can't give up on it. We have to trust that he's going to supply all our needs because he says that he rewards the work of diligent hands and he just starts telling me different things. And I'm like, you're right, you're right. So then I told him the thing about, you know, having multiple jobs and, and how I don't want him to rely solely on me because I, I felt like in me working and he was working too. But again, me feeling like I was bringing in more income for the family. I was just like, I don't want you. I mean, I was really honest. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I was like, I don't want you getting comfortable and being like, oh, she got it. You know, I I could just chill here with the baby. I was like, because I don't feel like you should be doing that. And I was just like, I feel like you need to be doing something. I feel like you need to be productive and that sort of thing and he was just telling me like just because I don't work outside the home doesn't mean I'm not productive and he was like and some of the stuff you're saying that just sounds kind of like fleshly and he was right I said I know I said but scripture says confess your sins one to another that you may be healed so I'm just telling you this is my way of thinking and I don't want it to be like that but I'm gonna need you to help me and like I said it opened him up to say hey, I've thought about getting jobs all the time. Like, I know that would be easy, he said, but I feel like that would be giving up because if I don't feel like that's where God has called me, then to just jump into a job because it seems like it's a good thing, he's like, not every good thing is a God thing. And so that night we ended the conversation on one accord and we were just like, okay, God's going to supply our needs. We are going to continue to pursue our callings. We're going to be obedient to our callings. And I went to bed that night, guilt and anxiety free. Even with all that, y'all, the tests kept coming and we were not seeing any financial increase. And now, you know, God has given me James 1, 3 that I meditate on almost daily. And I've shared with y'all week after week, consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you endure trials of any kind knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance but endurance must do its complete work so you can be perfect and complete lacking nothing I know that now but didn't didn't have that insight in those particular weeks and now that I look back you know I was just kind of like okay Lord we know we're doing what you've called us to do And we're still not seeing any financial increase and things were getting tighter and tighter week after week. And so I was just like, Lord, I don't, I don't know. I remember we were blessed by our, some members of our church family who came together and like took us grocery shoppings and different things. And they knew a bit of our financial situation, not the fullness of it, but they were just, you know, they just, they were in uh my small group with me so they blessed our family in that way and I was so encouraged because I was like okay lord you see us like we're we're still like moving with this thing but I was still curious about where the increase would be and I found out really quick or not even really quickly but I found out eventually God showed me why Jordan wasn't getting jobs other places 
uh, it was because of a reason I wasn't expecting. That same month, or later in the month, or maybe the next month, I can't remember exactly, but my parents came to visit. We had our gender reveal. You know, we found out I was another boy, which was crazy because I was expecting a girl because everyone was like praying a girl over me. And I was like, okay, maybe they're hearing from the Lord. I'm not sure. And so super excited about that. And then um, that next week, I called or I texted my mom. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, y'all's visit was so awesome. I really had a good time. Oh, rewind a sec. So my mom, or Jordan, one, I think it was the day we took her to the airport. He was like, yeah, your mom really wants us back in Texas. And I was like, what else is new, bro? She's always, she wants to be, you know, she wants us to be close to home. She wants us to, and I know she wants to spend more time with Jay and that sort of thing. And then she had mentioned some stuff ministry-wise that she felt like, could be good for us just some different opportunities so I was like oh okay yeah that makes sense and I said well what would you say to her about it and he said I told her it's about where we're called and I took that to heart and I prayed about it I was like lord and the thing about this is again it wasn't a new thing for my mom to say oh, y'all should come to Texas, and it, was, it wasn't it was even since our, it wasn't like, oh, we had a child, and then all of a sudden she was like, oh my gosh, y'all should come to Texas. She really has been consistent in feeling like this was a great place for opportunity, Um, and in previous times, she would bring it up, and I'd be like, no, mom, this is where we're called, like, we're gonna be here until God closes the door, that sort of thing, but for whatever reason, when Jordan said, I told her it's about where we're called, I took it to God and was like, hey, Lord, you know, I know this is like not a new thing, but is there a calling in Dallas for us? What should we, because I was like, stuff has seemed to dry up, dry up here. So is there something that I'm missing? And I just kind of sat with that for a little bit and, um, that next day, I told G, I said, okay, babe, well, if we know that entrepreneurship is our calling, but we're still not seeing any increase and we're not, we're, we, we, at this point we were doing like monthly fine or yeah, I could, at least monthly financial meetings where we'd create our budget for the month and just kind of check in throughout the weeks it's like if we're doing what we need to do, if there's not any area of our life where we feel like we're being disobedient to God, but we're still not seeing increase in something has to change. And I said it has to change um, drastically. So we're at the bottom of our, our budget in terms of, you know, we had cut out all that eating out and even going to the movies, like just a lot of date night things and just just stuff you don't need, like Amazon memberships, all that jazz. We had cut that out and we were still struggling. So I'm like, at the point, at this point, it can't be something that we're doing. So if it's not where we are, like, maybe, or maybe if it's not what we're doing, maybe it's where we are. And I told him too, I said, and we're also just at a place where we need to cut our expenses, like, ex- extremely. And the biggest way for us to do that is to cut out rent. And I just said that I didn't even say like, oh, we need to move in with my parents. I was like, we need to cut out rent. And um, so he just was like, I'll make a note of that. 
or something like that and then just went to sleep so then the next day I talked to my mom and um I just told her I was like mom y'all's visit was so awesome like I had such a great time she said me too she said one day I'm going to tell you something I was thinking so I kind of looked at her text like "Mm." so I said good bad or sad she said not bad just something but I just want to talk to your dad first and y'all I sat for a little bit and I was like I wonder if she's thinking what I'm thinking so I asked her I said does it involve us living with y'all for a little while and then she said she didn't text back for four hours so then I'm like yep that's what it is because she went to go talk to daddy about it so she texts me back four hours later and she's like yes how did you know and I said because I was thinking the same thing so God had put it on both of our hearts for us to live with my parents for a little bit and so she she um she called me and we ended up talking and you know just crying or just like you know I just feel like God promises the prosperous life and you know I just I don't know it's just I'm just not feeling very prosperous and it was just a really uh therapeutic conversation because I felt like there was a lot of transparency I had really tried to keep it together um on the outside in terms of our finances just because I I knew what my mom's thought process was. Hers was like mine. Like, okay, well, if y'all struggling, why don't Jordan just get a job? Like, it seems very simple. Not knowing that he was trying. And also not knowing that we genuinely felt like God had called us to entrepreneurship. Like, that was our ministry. So, in that particular conversation, I just, like, was very open about a lot of things. And... You know, she had even noticed that I had like one pair of shoes and just all this stuff that moms notice, but ne- don't necessarily say anything. And so I brought that to Jordan. I said, hey, mom's asking about us moving in. She said she'd find she's fine with it. She talked to my dad the next morning. He was fine with it. And so Jordan said he'd think about it. And so initially he said April. And I'm thinking, April like this at that point it was six months from then so I was like he's like I'm fine moving to Dallas in April and I'm just like what but then I I humbled myself and I said okay Lord if you're telling him April then that means you have a plan and um ironically he had actually gotten a job offer from a bakery which he'd been applying for different jobs I told y'all for like at least a month at that point. So for them to offer him, I was like, okay, well maybe it's going to be the bakery job until April. And then the next day God woke me up at three 30 in the morning and was like, no now. And so I told G, I didn't even tell him God woke me up at three 30 in the morning. I just said, Hey babe, can you take the day and pray about the decision? I said, because you hear from God too, you're his child too. And I know he's not going to tell you anything or he's not going to tell me anything he doesn't tell you as well. So Jordan took 24 hours and the next day he was like, we can go. I was like, what? You know, have to keep it chill. I was like, okay. He's like, well, we need to make a plan and all these sorts of things. And I'm like, okay, brother, let's make a plan. I'm all about planning. And we did. And <laughs> we set a date to leave in four weeks. And I think I shared that on the November update, like, oh, hey, y'all, we're moving, exciting, and, um, maybe the October update, anyway, and God worked out everything, like, we were able to sell our furniture, um, God had worked it out where we didn't, I didn't even have a 
lease at my house where I was at our house where we didn't have a lease where we were staying. It was just kind of a month to month thing. They prorated our rent for us, all these like huge blessings. And I'm just like, Lord, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Like, I'm just so excited to, to be doing something. Cause it felt like I had just been in this season of stillness and I just didn't have clarity about anything, didn't have peace about anything. And I told G, I remember telling him, I said, I have peace about two things. I have peace about doing the podcast and I have peace about moving everything else. I have no idea what's going on, but I'm going to just go with these two things. And I have, over the course of that time, I also let Jordan take the lead financially. Like I started asking him, hey, I want to buy this. Is that okay? Which is a huge thing for me because... I um I also had separate bank accounts like Jordan and I had our single singular bank account but I still had my business bank account and with my business bank account like I bought stuff for our business but I didn't always run them through him just to see what he would think and I even ended up absolving my business account because it was actually in my maiden name, Breeding is LLC, which I think there were some spiritual implications with that too, that I was still trying to act like a Daniels instead of a Lightfoot Smith. That's just a side note. And, you know, if y'all want me to talk more about marriage, I'd be happy to do it. Maybe I'll do that sometime next year. Sorry, I'm thinking about calendars, content calendars. Maybe I'll do marriage one month of next year that would be fun maybe I can even have Jordan on the podcast oh my gosh what that would be crazy anyway thanks Lord for the revelation um but moving on I gave in uh just kind of turned over the reins with everything because I was just like I don't even want to touch it at this point you just do you and God just handle it and I'm gonna sit in the back seat and even since we've been here y'all in Texas um it's been such a blessing being home with family and we've experienced so much financial relief. Um, and we paid the last of our New Orleans bills earlier last week. So it's just like we're really done um, with that chapter, which is crazy. But I have finally, it's like with every season, you know, I talked about summer, this summer of this, summer of that, summer of this, summer of that. I feel like with every season, God was teaching me something different. And this last season <coughs> of 2018, he just keeps coming back to humility. Over the past few weeks, all of the sermons at our church have seemed to be around suffering, too. And it just and some, I remember someone saying something about just learning to suffer well. Um, and scriptures or the sermons have talked about being in the fire and waiting patiently and keeping your eyes on God and worshiping in the midst of pain, all of these things. And the sermon last week, um, the pastor talked about the Israelites in the book of Nehemiah and how they gave praise to God, even while they were in exile in Babylon. And it makes me think of Jeremiah 29, 11, where God is making a promise to the Israelites in the midst of their captivity, where he says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And that was the scripture God gave me right before we moved 
from New Orleans, Jeremiah 29 and 11. I was just kind of like, okay, God, thanks for that. Not really sure what it means. But it kind of tied in with something my dad and I were saying and something Mike, Mike Todd says in his sermon sometimes. He was like, you know, this may seem like it's a setback, but it's really a set up for something. And I believe that to this day. Um, but and and with that story with the Israelites and Nehemiah, God was showing, he said, you know, nothing about their situation changed, but they still praise me. And he asked me, he said, even if I don't pay off your debt, which I know he will in his perfect timing, he said, will you still praise me? Will you still serve me? Will you still believe that I'm good and trustworthy? And I made that decision last week. I was just like, yes, Lord. Like, you know, I have been kind of praising you conditionally. Not like I'm just running away from you when when I don't feel like anything's happening, but my praise when things go well, I'm just like, yes, Lord, you've done it again. Or, you know, we get a check or something. I'm like, yes, Lord, you've done it again. But just in terms of just day-to-day worshiping, you're right. I am kind of like, okay, Lord, any kind of miracles today? No. Well, we'll talk tomorrow. And he just was like, I don't, I don't want that from you. I don't want that kind of relationship with you. I don't want you to treat me like a genie. I want you to really be in fellowship with me. And it was like this stronghold, this weight, this guilt, and this shame all at once fell off of me. And I, I mean, y'all, it was one, I was just like ugly crying at church and just was kind of, at one point I was just literally laid over the pew on my knees. And even after church was over, I still was kind of processing everything. And I just thought about how good God is and how he just acts so sovereignly and how he had given us so much grace in the midst of our rebellion. And even as early as Friday, God reminded me that he uses all things for our good and for his glory. And he told me, he was like, don't waste even one more minute thinking of how you could have acted differently. Because I cannot count, especially in in months where our finances were just in such a tight spot that I was like, I don't, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do this. And I don't even know what I thought our options were. But I was just like, I don't see it. And those accusations from the devil would come against me where it was just like, dang, you really messed up. You should have never bought that car. You should have done more research. I got, Not to say I should have, but I always kind of justify my student loans because I was just like, I was in ignorance at that point. Didn't realize what I was doing. And I just, I needed the money to get through school. So it was like, well, what's, what else? What else are you going to do, sis? Like, these are your options. Um, But with this, it was something different. Like with the car, it was like, but you knew better. You knew better. And I remember talking to my mom, even maybe like 
a little bit before we moved and just being like buying that car was my biggest regret. You know, I just if I hadn't bought it, we'd be out of debt because even if I had I I talk about how if I had lived off the $900 a month, um even when I was making $900 every 2 weeks, then I would have paid off my debt before I even got married. So I would have gotten married debt free. But nope, didn't do that. Just decided to quote unquote live my best life. And it haunted me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I should have done that. And I should have done that. And I just spent so much time thinking about what I could have done differently. And again, God just came back and was like, stop wasting your time looking in your rearview mirror. I knew every step you were going to take. I know you're in from the beginning. And I felt like the woman, when I thought about it, I just felt God kind of brought the story of the woman at the temple, the woman who had been um, caught in the act of adultery. He brought her story to me. It's in John 8. And it said, uh, now early in the morning, he came up again into the temple and all the people who came to him, And he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said to him, testing him, that they may have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote down on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is out, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote down on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone in the woman stand, in the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And I felt like my story with money that I look back over the past four years and think of all the things that I could have done differently. And here the enemy is accusing me and he's just like oh you know lord this is your daughter and look what she did look at her being foolish with money look at her not budgeting look at her spending frivolously look at her you know making money a god look at her thinking that she's the one supplying all her needs he had all these accusations against me and it felt like God was standing in front of me and and he brought Romans 8:33 to my mind. He said, "Who can bring an accusation against God elect? God's elect. God is the one who justifies." And he was telling me like, "Don't worry about what the devil says to you. Don't worry about him trying to bring up your sin. I'm the one who justifies you. I'm the one who enables you to walk in righteousness." And in that moment, I felt the strength that Paul talks about in Second Corinthians 13. He says, but my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses 
so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the Christ, for the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And it makes me think of something I read earlier this week in the fervent book by Priscilla Shire. And she was just talking about um, how the devil loves to bring up our past and we relish in it in shame instead of using it as an opportunity to just praise God for his grace. Because when you think about all the stuff you did, you can be like, dang, I'm I'm a mess up. Like, I can't do anything right. But then if you shape that into, wow, I've messed up and God still loves me, God still wants me then it just increases your love for him. And as I went back to that Romans 8.33 scripture, who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. It felt like Satan had finally fallen at my feet. And that made me think of Revelations 12.9-11. So the great dragon was thrown out. The ancient serpent, which we know is what he's called in Genesis 3, who is called the devil and Satan, the one who deceives the whole world. He was thrown to earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah have now come because the accuser of our brethren has been thrown out. The one who accuses them before our God day and night, they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the test of their testimony. God never wastes anything and instead of me walking in shame about my money story and how I've gotten here now I'm using as I'm using it as a platform and I'm using my testimony and I hope that you'll do the same thing I want you to know while you feel like you have fallen too far or you've messed up too much or you've forgotten God too many times that is a lie from the enemy. And and that was the whole reason why I tied it into this wisdom series is because I have too have come under the accusations of the devil. And I believe those things because I've been like, yeah, you're right. I did mess up. Oh, I did do those things. Not recognizing that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that scripture says that greater is he who is in me than he who's in the world. And that scripture says that um, he makes us new creations. This is behold, all things have become new. Old things have passed away. And even when I wrote in my Bible, I said, old things have passed away. That means old things have died, which means I have been made new and I have to stop picking up these dead things and being like, but Lord, remember what I did last week? He's like, let it go. I need you to move forward into what I have for you. I need you to move forward into your destiny. And I don't know, maybe if you don't even deal with guilt, maybe you have been told that you don't matter or nobody cares about your story. And that's also a lie from the enemy. But when you choose to praise God in spite of and in the midst of your pain, the impact it makes on the devil is crippling, not just right now, but reigning into all eternity. Because as you share your story, someone else is going to feel empowered to share their story. I want you to know that God is not angry with you. Um, Scripture says that his, like I shared earlier in uh, Psalm 30, it says that um, his anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor for a lifetime. Weeping may stay overnight, but there is joy in the morning. So if you have some kind of picture of God as this like 
really angry father who's just sitting up in heaven shaking his head at you in disappointment if anything if you're acting in if you're just living a life of sin or if you're walking away from him daily or if you're just you're not acting in sin but you're just so so ashamed of what you've done in the past that you're not talking to him I feel like he's not angry his heart is broken that he wants you to be in fellowship with him and he doesn't want you to fall victim to the lies of the enemy he loves you so much and he invites you to walk in his his light daily you just have to do that you have to do that by choosing him and being bold enough to share your story um Scripture says in John eight twelve, I am the light of the world and anyone who walks in me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I shared that scripture last week when I was sharing my testimony about just feeling like I was in darkness relationally and feeling like, you know, nobody wanted me. Um, but what I love about God is that scripture says he is says in first Corinthians one twenty nine that he uses the strong or the weak things in the world to shame the strong things that he uses the foolish things in the world to shame the wise things and so while the enemy will tell you well no you can't do that because you're not qualified in that area for me he was like how are you going to get up here and talk about money when you are still not debt free or you know he may tell you well how can you go up there and talk about abstinence when you have been promiscuous previously or whatever the case may be y'all God knows every part of your story and if he is telling you hey I want you to use this for my glory then you have to be obedient and trust that he's going to do the blending and he's going to be the one who washes you new scripture uh, we uh, we ask God we say creating me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit and so if we know that we're walking in that right spirit daily then anytime the enemy comes against us we can be like oh no brother you confused with (laughs) i used to tell my mentee this all the time like oh you got the old yeah you got the old destiny because that the destiny you're looking for she don't live here anymore in the same way when people move out of a house if people who know the old people come like okay let's say somebody lives in my parents house my parents or my parents live in my parents house and then my parents move and someone comes looking for my parents they're like hey is Gary, are Gary and Sandra here no they don't live here anymore it's the same thing with you if you're a new creature then when your old relationships or your old friendships or your old habits try and come and knock at the door and be like hey is tiffany here you like oh no tiffany don't live here anymore this nope she's gone and that's what you have to be able to do to be able to say my past is behind me i love what paul says forgetting what is behind and pressing towards what is ahead i make towards my goal the mark of the prize of the high calling like we (laughs) the god is the scripture god's putting on my heart is the scripture about our flesh and how we don't fight against flesh and blood. We don't fight against flesh and blood, y'all. We fight against the rulers, the authorities, the causing powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That's what Ephesians six twelve tells us. And so while you may think that these thoughts that you're having about yourself, where you're questioning your identity questioning your worth questioning your qualifications for something are coming from you those are lies from the enemy and the exact thing that he wants to use to kill you or to shame you god wants to use 
for his glory but you have to be bold enough to share it you have to be bold enough because the word says that we conquer the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and <laughs> like right before I was gonna right before I set to record this morning um God reminded me of something my son and I have been sick for the past week and it's caused me to appreciate health in a way that I didn't think possible previously like even right now the fact that I can hear out of both ears clearly I'm just like Lord thank you for my hearing thank you for the ability to hear and it's the same thing with our stories you can be more appreciative to God because you've been through something like I'm still believing God to wipe out our debt completely in his perfect timing however he does that whether it be traditionally or if he just does something miraculous and y'all know I'll keep y'all updated because I'm here for all of the stories but I have just decided I'm not gonna be ashamed anymore of the steps that I've taken to get us to this place because ultimately and I was telling my dad this the other morning if we had not been where we were financially I may not have considered coming to Texas and I can already tell that there are some huge blessings that are going to come from us being here. That there are specific things that are going to be birthed in our ministry through us being in this city. But again, I don't get to this city if I don't make the mistakes that lead us to have financial struggles that lead us to say, you know what? Yeah, maybe it would be a good idea to move in with family. And I think it's going to be the same for you. If you decide to take the enemy's words and be like, okay, so you tried to use this against me, but I'm going to use it for God because that's just the kind of thing that I'm, that I'm feeling. If you say, yes, I had a child out of wedlock and now I'm going to make sure that that child grows up in the church and knows the Lord and now they're living for Jesus and what? Okay what's going to happen or if you decide you know maybe you were someone who was heavy maybe you were a fortune teller or something and you say yeah I was a fortune teller and I I did tarot cards and all that kind of thing but now because I've been delivered from that I'm going to be able to make that a part of my ministry that I'm going to be able to share people the specific experiences that I had and why I know that this is a counterfeit thing if you come from an abusive home if you were abused when you were a teen instead of being like oh my gosh like how did I let that happen to myself for instead for you to say yes I was abused as a teen and now I'm gonna start a teen ministry where I tell girls the specific signs to look for in, in abusive relationships and how they can have these safe havens and things and y'all whatever it is I don't know I don't know what your story is but I know you have to share it and you have to share it with somebody because there are people who are dying Because we're not willing to share the truth of where we're struggling. We are also giving in to the lies of the enemy. That we're making him, you know, there are people who are struggling. And we're letting them struggle because we're like, oh, no, I've never been through that. Nope, never had. Nope. 
never dealt with infertility, never dealt with infidelity, never dealt with these things. And so when people go through this, they think they're the only ones. And the enemy's like pointing his finger at them like, yep, it's just you. You're all by yourself. Talked about this at church today. That's also why it's so important to be plugged into the body of Christ, to be going to a church daily. I mean, not well, some churches are into that, but going to a church every week, being plugged into the body of Christ, because if you don't have other people who can pour into you, who can light up the darkness, who can expose the truth versus the lie, then you are susceptible to so many things. And that's why I'm praying that y'all have a church home um, or that if you if you are not a believer, that you become a believer. Uh, And if you don't have a church home, that you'll look for a church home this week. It is so important for us to be able to walk in light and not in darkness and just have that accountability. Um, Scripture says to not forsake the gathering together of believers. Um. And so I think, I don't know, there's just, there's something about, and our pastor was talking about this today in our class. He said, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't need to go to church to believe. Like I got my own relationship with God, that sort of thing. And yes, your relationship with God has to be individual because there are people who are in church every week and don't know the Lord um, for themselves, but Scripture speaks about not neglecting meeting together, but encouraging one another as we see the day approaching. It's talking about the day where Jesus comes back. And so we have to even humble ourselves in that because you may not feel like going every week. But if you think, okay, maybe I'm not going for me. Maybe somebody needs me. Maybe I have a message for somebody Oh. Or maybe some, maybe somebody has a message for me. If you go with that hope and that belief, then it makes it, it makes it exciting. I mean, I love going to church. I love having this spirit of expectation of like, okay, Lord, what are you going to teach me? Um, and it's almost like every time I get to my wits end or what feels like my wits end, I go to church and I'm encouraged, as the scripture says, as we see the day approaching, I'm encouraged by the pastor or I'm encouraged by a Sunday school teacher. I'm encouraged by someone walking through the hall, but I cheat myself of those blessings if I'm isolating myself. And someone talked about um, isolation versus seclusion. And they said isolation is when we are not with anybody. Seclusion is getting alone with God. And it's okay to get alone with God. You know, that's what your quiet time should be in the mornings. But you shouldn't isolate yourself like, oh, well, I don't really, you know, I I just don't really believe in. People say, I don't believe in organized religion, that sort of thing. You're like, okay, you may not believe in organized religion, but do you believe in God? Because if if you believe in God and God's word says, I need you to get together with the body, then do you believe in God, you know? And if you don't know that that scripture is in there, then you can't, that's not something you can stand on. But that's what our whole series has been about is revealing the word of God, revealing scriptures that people may not have known or in the Bible and really just dividing them up. Um, we, we talked about that scripture today in second Timothy that says we should approve ourselves like 
we should just study the word of God diligently. It's basically a a summary of what that said. <clears throat> and it's funny, we used to say that scripture in the water. You know, study to show thyself approve. A, a workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I remember saying that every week. Um, so just getting your word, y'all. Getting your word this week. I'm not sure what your routine is. If you have one, I've been getting up at um, just early in the morning because I have a baby. So I have to get up early so I can be up before he is. And I can get what from God, get something from God before I give out anything. But if you are not a believer, I want to extend that invitation to you again this week. Um, You may have listened last week and heard the invitation and been like, oh, you know, she don't know anything about me. She doesn't know how bad I've messed up. But my hope is that in me sharing what I shared today that you'd be like, oh, she more messed up than me. <laughs> I would be happy for you to say that she more messed up than me and the Lord used her. Okay, well, shoot. Maybe I should accept him as my savior. So there's just, <sighs> there's someone out there who needs your story. There's someone out there who needs your ministry. Uh, but that ministry doesn't even come to pass if you don't get plugged in to God first and foremost so he can give you the wisdom that you need. So just going to pray uh, a prayer real briefly. Uh, Lord, we thank you for everyone who's listened to this podcast, Lord God, everyone who is uh, subscribed to the podcast, everyone who's follows on Instagram, everyone who's liked, commented, shared everything, because these are um, beautiful members of our community, Lord God. They are people who keep this work going, that they are people who encourage me. And uh, I just pray that you have blessed them exceedingly and abundantly above all they could ask or think. Right now, Lord God, uh, there is somebody I believe is listening and they uh, are curious about you, that they don't necessarily know everything about you, but they're curious enough to say, okay, I'm going to try this Jesus thing. And so for them, Lord God, I pray uh, that they would pray this prayer with me. Uh, Father God, I know that I am a sinner, but I also believe that you saved me. I believe that you sent your son on the cross to die for my sins, that you raised him on the third day. And now... Uh, because of that, I can uh, live with you in eternity. So I accept your son right now as my savior, not just as my Lord, but as my savior. Uh, and I just pray that he would send his Holy Spirit to live in me. That as that spirit comes, I will be able to discern between the good thing and the God thing. Lord God, I pray for my fellow believers, people who just prayed that prayer with me and people who were believers before they even listened this evening, Lord, I just pray that they will be strong. Your word says to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And so, Lord, I just pray that they will be strong this week. And I pray that they would relish in their weaknesses because they understand that it is not an indication that you are weak, that they would say what Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. If they would take the accusations of the enemy and turn them on their heads and say, okay, my test resulted in this testimony, what the devil meant for evil, God used for good. And so I just pray that that would be their story this week. I pray that they'd be bold enough to share their story with somebody, whether it be a friend, a stranger, someone they see on the street, whether it be a family member who's in their house or God, I just pray that they would be transformed this week. 
And Lord, we just love you. We praise you, Lord God. And thank you for all that you're doing. Please be with everyone who's mourning a loved one this week. Just comfort them, Lord, as they as they just miss that person that they are not able to spend time with this week. Uh, your word says that you are near the brokenhearted and you comfort those who are crushed in spirit. So I pray that that would be the case for them, Lord. And that you would just be everything they need, that you would fill those empty spaces in their hearts, Lord God, in a way that only you can. Uh, we thank you and we love you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all for this week. As always, stay connected with the Black Girls with Purpose community by visiting blackgirlswithpurpose.org slash join. You'll get a series of emails from me starting with the Purpose Pathway. It's just a free mini ebook that tells you how to find out what on earth you're here for side note it starts with god so that's just a spoiler alert (laughs) um i also will send you a coupon code for our black girls of purpose shop so you can get discounts on the shirts we launched earlier in 2018 and i'll send you some other freebies just because i like free things also follow us on Instagram at Black Girls with Purpose if you are not already. We post updates about what we're doing. Sometimes we do social media contests. And if you just like really cute pictures of babies, you should follow us because I post pictures of my son on there periodically. Uh, lastly, I hope that if this episode blessed you, you will share it with somebody and you will leave a five star review so that other people can get plugged into our community. I realize, and I listen to someone else's podcast, which that's why it helps to also be in community. Um, You may not know that our podcast is available here on iTunes. It's also available on Google Play. It's available on Stitcher. It's available in a lot of different places on Spotify, which is getting more and more popular with their podcast. So if you can't listen on iTunes, you can listen to any, uh, you can listen to our podcast on any of those other locations or on so many. And next week I'll have a full list, but I hope that you were blessed by this episode and that you have a great week and a very Merry Christmas. It's never that easy to choose purpose But I would die to my flesh, live a life of worship I'm really, really, really trying to make it into heaven I'm trying to him say two words like, well done, done, done. Yeah.